When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. As I say quite often on this podcast, you know, because everything is so easy to buy and usually just a box arrives from Amazon and you scroll on it, wrap this for me on the 23rd, mm-hmm. and I never even know what was in it. You've literally... Bought yourself an automobile. Literally bought yourself a car car on the 1st of December. And and I I hesitated ever buying myself a car because we had Freddie Fiesta, who we loved so much. And then Freddie, um, God rest his, her soul. uh, His? It was Freddie, Fred definitely a boy. Oh, it's a good girl, look after my girl when I took her into the shop. But Freddie was a boy. It's complicated. Okay, all right, fine, whatever. So Freddie, unfortunately, is now in the the great car showroom in the sky. The kids literally cried when she was she he was taken away to be scrapped then i bought my i go with some trepidation because of you telling me of all the perils of car ownership oh my god it's so terrible looking after a car it's so awful everyone's out to screw you then i successfully bought and maintained with zero hassle my red toyota Igo, which i totally totally loved had a very small change in financial circumstances which have allowed me to upgrade to a red Kia Picanto, which I've purchased hassle-free, and it's about to be delivered now. Is there a car story we can peg into to sort of... A car story? Isn't pegging a rude thing? Pegging's a really rude thing. Yes, yeah, super rude. I actually only learnt what it was a few months ago, as did you, I believe. You were Not by doing it. No. <laughs> it, it, I don't think you can. I don't think I do, no. Does it take more than two people? Uh, can we talk something yeah. else? Great. Yeah. Okay, so I think, I, I think, and I think this is probably your column, actually. <laughs> If there's my column, we don't have to do any of the other items. We can just do this and break for Christmas. No more podcasts till when, Ben? Like June? Mm. Mar- Maybe, yeah. <laughs> March. Maybe, yeah. um, we can break for my car arriving. Yeah. I'm going to have to wait till the end of the podcast to actually drive my car around, which is just too long to wait. Okay, so, 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 so. I'm sure you saw that the England women's football team beat Latvia's women's football team by 20 nil. I think yesterday. Um, you will have seen this. I, I heard it on the radio this morning, but I came in quite right dozy, came down at seven o'clock, as you know, to get everything ready. And I just heard that England had won 20 nil. And, 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 and there was, who was presenting? Was it Martha Carney? It was, was it it was Simon Jack. And 
Michelle Hussain. I think it was Michelle. Anyway, it was one of the female presenters. Anyway, was just going and they England won by an extraordinary score of twenty to nil. And I thought, and I literally thought, what what sport is that? It's yeah. not rugby because that wouldn't be extraordinary. Is it hockey? I don't know much about hockey. So, I mean, football. And uh, England would Latvia as a team they'd be the, they'd be considered minnows, uh, and you would expect to beat them three or four nil when qualifying for right. the World Cup. They're not quite as low down as San Marino or the Faroe Islands, who are kind of maybe eight nine nil drubbing merchants. England beat one of those quite heavily. I think ten nil recently. But then would they never? But then, but then surely because of the mismatched nature of it, um, in in a men's competition. England wouldn't be expected to play the Faroe It doesn't happen anymore because men's football is a proper sport. And ladies' football is like, it's like, it's meant to be on the up. And it's great that they're reporting women's football on Radio 4. But I don't know where you're going to go with this story because I might go to quite a dark place. But, um, well, but, I would, but it's still at a state, you know. So most, the, the biggest score ever in a, in a men's professional football match is... You told me earlier, 36-1. Oh, I'm so boring. No, 36 nil. They were that bad. They were never going to score. Right. No True. one ever wins 36-1. It's, they're literally all yeah. lying around in the mud going, what's that round thing? Yeah. That, and that was, I believe, Hamilton Academicals against Bonacord in the Scottish Cup in the 19th century. I'm going to say 1885, something like that. Biggest score in England, I believe, is Preston North End against Hyde, 26 nil in, in the FA Cup in the 20s. Yeah. Um, anyway, so tell me what you, what you think, because I don't want to just... No, I, I don't want to sure. write a column about saying like, women's football's a bit crap. Well, no, I don't... That's not, I, that's not a good look. No, I don't think anyone would deny that women's football is in a bit of a sort of critical early phases. And you said earlier earlier on that women's football now is like men's football 100 years ago. Don't you think this, is a, this, this presents a really valuable opportunity for you to write an interesting column about sport and about women's sport now and how it's going to change and become different so that you don't get these 20 nil defeats? Do, do we have a proposal for how it's going to change? You're the sports goggy. Why don't you well, like? To, well, so you, you brought this up, but what do you think? What do you think is the fine? I don't want to be. What do you I, think I, is the I, column? My, my, I'm not sure what the column was. I, I was, I was hoping that you. Hearing that England had won twenty nil. I thought it was a disgrace. Two. Everyone sport. I thought it was unsportsmanlike. I thought it was mean. I thought they should. I think they and should. there is the problem with women's <laughs> sport. But because you should be going, yeah, we fucking smashed them. Latvian cows, they twenty sh- nil. Should have been forty nil. But they should have cheated. They the ref was on their it. side. They that was it. never offside. They forty should've... nil. Useless slags. They should have stopped it at the interval. Half time. Shut stopped up. It at Don't stop yelling at me. They should have stopped it at the interval when everyone went for ice cream. I was looking through my binoculars and I could see they were crying. Oh, oh no. my god. We're taking. We're talking more about this later. <laughs> what? Oh, it's not the car. <laughs> Unless dad... the car's come in a flat pack, no, that's my, fucking scary. My dad has has slightly passively aggressively sent Sam a pair of drumsticks yeah. to congratulate him on on being a finalist in them. Um, because he's addressed it to Sam Walker rather than Sam Corrin. So you were saying they should have stopped at the interval. No, but I just feel like it was really... It just, uh, do you I, know what they should have done? They should have swapped the teams around a bit. That's what you do in the yeah. park. Oh. They should have let some of the Latvian girls play... Sorry, women um, players play for the England. And England should have, given, they should have at least given them a goalkeeper. Yeah. Did they have 11, the Latvians? I don't did know. they have? Did they have? I don't, I don't did the Latvians have? A, did the Latvian girls have an, a uniform? Did they? I don't sorry, know. A kit, I don't they were just playing in smocks. Did they just came in smocks? Was it like sh- shirts against skins? Do you even know what that is? Because <laughs> I really hope not. It was well cold in Latvia. Oh, exactly. Um, um, but I, but I, but don't you? I. You just think it's horseshit as a horseshit. I think it's hilarious. Adam, Matt, look. Very soon, while this podcast is live, for example, over the weekend, something a sporting event that I've been following all my life. 
Uh, it's going to begin. I don't know if you know what it is. And it's, it's changed its name from the 150 years that uh, it's been going. And uh, yeah, it's, it's now, I, I'm now going to be watching The Men's Ashes. You see, and I, I don't really understand why. Uh, it, it's, it's, it, it's really, it, it, it has to be defined by, the gender has, has crept in in this ridiculous way. And it's great that women play cricket, but I don't think they should call it The Men's Ashes. But anyway, and the thing with, I had nowhere to take that that wasn't ridiculously sexist. So I had to stop making that point. Um, the other thing, they had the England manager on. And what's funny is, is that women's football's got an opportunity as a relatively new sport to be vibrant and different. But she spoke in all the same cliches. Yeah. They got her on and she said, well, well, well Brian, we can, only, we, can only, you know, we can only beat the teams I put in front of us. You know, at the end of the day, it's a game of game two, two halves. halves and we've, yeah. you know, we've gone out at the end of the day, we've done a job. At the end of the day, Brian, as I say, we've put 10 in BR yeah. and then we've put in 10 in the second half as well. And you know, the lads done well. We can only play what's, what's in front of us. Anyway, it's a group death. <laughs> uh, we're going to top. We're going to look forward to qualifying. Like, you, can only do, you can only do what it says on the tin, Brian. And you think, why do women have to be as boring and dull <laughs> as as bloody men when it's twenty nil? Yeah, Brian, we've done it. We've done twenty nil. It's, yeah. you know, what, why why do they have to bring well, it all down? Because sportsmen are trained not their media training is just to never say anything original or actually true. Yes, or, or uh, only say only just give only repeat facts. Yeah, very, very... sometimes cricketers sometimes go off the script and say things. Like, <laughs> say like, "There's too many of you lot." Well, we have to do something about that. Cricketers going off script is a separate problem. Uh, so All column, right. column, I can't, 20 nil, I mean, it's like, I don't know, I don't want to laugh at women's sport. No, you haven't got any, you haven't got any, or would it be patronising and rude to say England's football now is like men's football in the 20s? Yes, that's true. So it's very hard to tell from the 20 nil, did they definitely have goalposts? Because, or was it just jumpers? I don't know what level of investment they have in women's football. Well, in Latvia, or, in Latvia. Men didn't have a, in men's football, there wasn't a crossbar until about 1910. They just, they, it was basically, there were two sticks and then they would argue about whether the ball had gone in. But because it was the 19th century, oh, I say, I, I, I don't think we scored. I think, I think that my shot went over and the keeper would say, absolutely no, Jeffrey, you definitely scored. It was a marvellous shot. And that all, then eventually they, they became a bit less sort of groovy after the First World War and they stopped being gentlemen and it started being, well, presumably and then was, they started when arguing. When there was more money involved. And they, they, had to, more, they had to put a net in and a bar and everything. Yeah. Um, maybe, I mean, maybe it would be more if the Latvian goalkeeper had to, had to keep running across the park to get the ball after each goal because he went miles because they couldn't afford nets. Maybe don't, I don't know what maybe we're talking don't about. Write about women's maybe Okie dokie. Um, moving on, do you want uh, an idea or should I give you another one? <laughs> you think what? that's what you just did? Gave me an idea. I did give you an idea. No, you, can, you could write a brilliant... A woman could write a brilliant thing cutting down women's sport. This is the perfect thing where you could do the not very collegiate thing. I, I can't, I don't think. I'm just not interested in sport full stop. Why would it be women running around making what? noise? So there we go. So you're not interested <laughs> because... That was an extraordinary noise you just made. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a football noise. <laughs> 20 nil. <laughs> um, would you want to watch... Game Would you want... It's like watching sometimes when Sam's football team, local football team, is really fucking yes. smashed by another local load of eight-year-olds. And it, it's just carnage. It's horrible to watch. So on the Although week, Sam is a goalie and he's very brilliant, so Sam, it's often not, not that oh, bad. Oh, absolutely. When no. Sam's not there, it's like Sam, 20 nil. No, Sam wasn't there... Two weeks ago, and his team lost ten nil. And we were like, "Oh, I wish we, we just we needed Sam so much." Sam played last week, and we lost five nil. Three of them and were then, own goals. Did, no, three of them were own goals. Oh, yeah. And that, that, I, I'm wondering if that's what happened with England, Latvia, yeah. these Latvian girls just booting it in the wrong direction. <laughs> oh, I thought we were going the other way. What? We changed round in the interval. Do they? Um, yes, they go. They go the other way they after the, the interval. Way. But the Latvian girls didn't know that, so they're all pumping the ball into their own net. Well, no, but so Sam, so Sam literally saved his team from. Uh, they resulted them only being uh, losing five nil. Well, and he did put up some brilliant saves and after the end and at the end the manager came up and took, really congratulated Brian Brian Sam 
really congratulated Sam because that's what you do. You congratulate the keeper. Um, but uh, Queen's Park Rangers, for example, my team, who were, I love dearly and have had moments of glory but have basically always been rubbish, um, have a history of great keepers. Um, we had um, uh, Phil Parks, famous keeper of the 70s and 80s, who was great. We had David Seaman, went on to play for Arsenal, oh, right, great yeah. keeper. I've had uh, we, had, we, had a, we had a long history of really, really brilliant keepers because they got a lot of practice because <laughs> our defence has always been rubbish. <laughs> and that's what I always say to Sam, you know, is that, you know, it's great to play against a really shite defence as a young keeper yeah. uh, because you get to make loads of saves and, every, and you can be man of the match. Peter Hucker, not a name that people remember, but he was the source of many a great limerick in the early 1980s, was the Queen's Park Rangers goalkeeper in the 1982 uh, FA Cup final against uh, Spurs. I went to the replay and he was man of the match in the replay. Now we lost 1-0 after Tony Curry unconscionably tracking back, brought back, um, brought, brought, brought down, uh, what's his name, Graham Roberts in the box Tony Curry oh no Tony Curry brought him down Hoddlestown is this going to go on for a really yeah, long sorry, time okay. Glenn Hoddle took the penalty anyway um, but Glenn Hoddle played football he actually played as football. opposed to oh, what I don't know, just you like... thought he was charged with the exchequer and then moved across into football well what did I say Brian I was quite impatient you read me there quite surprised that he actually played football because most of them don't do they they all do I bet you Jurgen Klopp has never yes, played he football was he a footballer? Yes. For like Dutch... The, no, the what happens now is that it used to be Englishmen who were really, really good at football, top of their game, really, you know, great, would then move into management and just be a bit shit and get pissed and get fired. And now what happens is you get Germans and Dutch who played football to a very low level. Oh, right. Or French, like Arsene, you, you're Arsene Wenger's there. I bet he was never a footballer. Wenger was a footballer. Was he? He, he was a footballer, but he how played... About that, he played how about that f- Alex? How about that Alex Ferguson? Was he a footballer? Yes! Alex no, Fer- no, I don't you believe you. Cool, what did you think he was? Just, just like Scott's a bricklayer. Hey, I'll strike this team out. No, of course not. He played for Aberdeen, I think. Uh, he was in. He was a contemporary of the the, the England nineteen sixty. Oh. My car. But I want to tell you about Alex Ferguson's football career. He was quite good. Brian Clough, highest goal scorer in the first division ever, or something. There'll be more from Esther and me in our kitchen after a short interlude. But to find out what I wrote about in the end, why not pick up a subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times and enjoy one month absolutely free? Just search thetimes.co.uk forward slash Giles Corrin has no idea. I've been promised that this will take you to an amazing offer rather than just a website created by Ben randomly containing all my broadcasting mistakes. Although I'm sure that exists somewhere, it's just going to be up to you to find it. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's so great. I'm really excited. Cherry red. Is it legally parked? Oh, no, it isn't. Literally tow it away. Muppet. What are you doing? You're putting it on. So she's, she, is, is the nice lady driving it with the other car away? Yeah, she's driving the other car away. How funny when you have a car, car trans, transaction between women. It was, it was brilliant. It was we, br- <laughs> we, had, we had a nice chat about like, all the cars we'd, we'd owned and, and stuff. It was great. And yeah. you, she just drove away and she didn't try and chill, chip you for some of the sort of paint damage or anything like that? She didn't. She almost forgot to take my V5. She, while she was waiting for, to get the car, to get the brake pads sorted out, um, she went and did loads of shopping. I mean, she's just <laughs> lovely. She's like, my you see, when I buy a car, it's you fucking piss on my shoes and tell me it's raining. Yeah, That's yeah, not a Vauxhall Astra. You make it way, way too complicated. Yeah. And the women just go, here you are. Oh, have some party and party exchange. Oh, you have some money. <laughs> I said, she, yeah, she got in the car and she went, see you later. And I was like, do you know what want the V5? And she was like, oh, yes, I better have that. <laughs> great there wouldn't be any they always gone about there wouldn't be any wars of women around the world because they forget to have wars oh I've forgotten my hand we grenades we totally would we totally would I was would too busy playing football we lost 20 nil well maybe we won 20 nil I don't know we would just be too busy on, on, on Instagram just throwing each other loads of shade <laughs> <laughs> so we can get back to the podcast at some point when you've parked the car okay so we were still talking about football and it had become boring so should we move on what what Another column that you can No, do. just football. Just a thought that Ben had while oh. you were gone, because while you were sort of gaily swapping cars with pretty ladies in the street, uh, I was <laughs> Ben and I were talking about shopping. work. <laughs> he pointed out a thing that I'd forgotten, but Van Tam, is it Jonathan Van Tam? Mm. I get him confused with Jean-Claude Van Tam. That was mad, his football analogy. Yes. Right, yeah. The fuck was that? Anyone who that? briefly, vaguely understood the coronavirus before yeah. has now been completely confused. Yeah. And anyone who thought they understood football doesn't know what he was talking about. But possibly, possibly. Was the, and also, can do I? Do you think he's the manager of the Latvian ladies team? I don't know. But I. Oh, think... we've got some yellow cards. Is that good? I don't really know who he is. He's the chief medical officer. No, he's I some think... advisor to the. He's the new fucking. Up. See there, she's crashed your car. No, she hasn't. She's realised. Oh, where's the where's the clutch pedal? Oh, I know. It's an automatic. Silly me. What's up? She's left what? She's what? She left her glasses in the wrong car. I quite like to buy a car off this woman. Oh, my days, Esther. I mean, this wasn't meant to be a podcast thing on been, the competence of women. This has been the best. Women. Can I just say, I bought the scarf from a cinch. This has been the best consumer transaction of my entire life. I love that woman. It was like buying a car off my mum. <laughs> Your forgot, mum would, would skin you for her a glasses. deal. She forgot her glasses. She left <laughs> she the glasses. Left her glasses. She drove off. Yeah. and then I couldn't really see anything. They went, shit, I my glasses. I don't, then, I don't think she'd even driven off. I think she's, she's going to have struggled because that car of yours is quite a bear to drive. I think she can handle it. 
just between you. Maybe you. I think she's a good driver, actually. Okie dokie. Okay, so the Van Tam metaphor. So the only thing is that I was thinking one could do, no, Ben thought it was a good idea. But one could do like, no, no, that didn't work. Here's an analogy that would work and do a succession of sports metaphors for the virus. So, yes. no, it's weightlifting. It's basically the, uh, what yeah. is, there's the, uh, what's it called? The, uh, the, the, the attack and the snap and, and then the, the, he- the, the heave. The heave. <laughs> <laughs> the one where they prolapse on YouTube. That's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> no, it's not because it's very sad. Have you not like, seen? These, of those, course I haven't seen that. I don't oh, look even prolapse You've got to look at 1970s weightlifting, massive, great Ukrainian blokes. Ben's going to have to cut with all the time. No, why? But honestly, anyone... People might be eating their breakfast. You, but one of the, that's what the internet was basically... When the internet was first invented, after people had sort of searched ladies' boobies, yeah. the next thing was Eastern European weightlifters prolapse. <laughs> because it's just, there's a lot of it. And it's very, very funny. Uh, but it's not funny because it's a medical condition. It's pretty sad. And you, but anyway, but they don't die is the point. So anyway, so ignoring prolapses. So if you wanted to do uh, the, the COVID um, epidemic pandemic as... As, yeah, right. as a weightlift. The attempt clean and jerk is one of them, isn't it? That's right. The, and, go, and we're now, we've got it on our shoulders. And we get yeah. it out. And then we could do the, um, really you need to do a voice. The Van Tan voice is quite sort of pedestrian. The Van Tan voice was surprising. It's sort of pedestrian. So we, it's like an archery competition. We shot at the target. We didn't quite get it in the gold, but it went in the red and we're going to shoot again. Yeah. Or it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Yeah. We're currently in the fourth mile. We're running up the hill towards Buckingham Palace, but we're going to catch up with, the, oh, she's pooed herself. <laughs> you just, you're <laughs> fascinating. Yeah, anyway, could do that. You and Reginald Scarf, whatever, Gerald Scarf. Sticking with the virus. Yeah. Um, another thing that we were talking about earlier, I don't know, maybe you've changed your mind about this, is um, Omicron. Omicron. What do we say? What do we say? Omicron. Oh, so Omicron. I just had an email from, uh, from the head of Times Radio with a, with a pronunciation. He's a very, very efficient fellow and he doesn't want people pronouncing things wrong. And he's saying, to, to broadcasters that they're looking for Omicron. Um, that's what Tom Whipple, who knows everything. I mean, I would ask Whipple how to pronounce my own name, frankly. Mm-hmm. Does Giles, when it's possessive, have an apostrophe? Well, Tom would say. <laughs> Research in the, the University of Nebraska. Oh, Giles. <laughs> anyway, it's Omicron. And it's the emphasis is not Omicron. And it's not Omicron. And um, I, th- I believe that th- there's a thing where Mary Beard has said that it's Omicron. And we're not going with Omicron, we've decided, because Omicron is the classical Greek, whereas Omicron is modern Greek. And I have emailed back, just not making trouble as an employee, but just Never. asking him to note the fact that when we cite the letter of, a letter of the Greek alphabet um, for a series, alpha, beta, gamma, we are citing the classical alphabet. Nobody gives a shit about modern Greek. They don't count things. We don't use it for anything. But Omicron sounds stupid and Omicron sounds better. No, Omicron sounds much cooler. We're going to have to... Um, it's not alpha and omega, it is. So, Omicron. Yeah. Omicron. There is this... There is the. There is a, a sort of thing in the air of has everyone massively and unnecessarily, unnecessarily, completely, completely lost their shit mm. over this thing, which that South African doctor, Dr. Kutsi, who said, I don't know why you're overreacting to this. The symptoms I've seen are really quite mild. I don't think everyone should get, everyone should get overexcited. And the... The, the British have basically completely gone berserk. You're saying that there's this, this, this virus which is quite gentle. And the South African guy's even saying, frankly, if it takes over from Delta, we're winning. But the British, particularly that, the, the Scottish woman. The, Nicola Sturgeon. Nicola Sturgeon. She was sort of standing up there going, we'll lock everybody down, nail your children to the floor and don't yeah. go till Hogmanay. Because she just likes controlling people. She just wants want control, control, control. Yeah. And the fact is, is that if everyone got the Omicron, it might be better. And you think and it isn't hasn't hasn't 
the virus just done the thing that everybody predicted it would it do has. and become much more transmissible and much less dangerous. Yep, exactly. And with the, we did all those lockdowns and all of those precautions and all of those masks and everything uh, were to stop people dying. Yeah. And and it when when they were put in place, it sort of worked. But now thirty five people died yesterday with with you know uh, with uh, with uh, COVID nineteen on their death certificate. So to do all this now, it's gone a bit bonkers. That's like locking everyone down over a cold. It's not. It's, yeah. it's a non lethal thing. But anyway. So so why so but so why why? And my theory is that secretly, consciously or unconsciously, whether they know it or not or acknowledge it, people want to go back to lockdown. They quite liked many things about it. So we've all been going, as I have. Oh, I've been invited to lots of things this Christmas. Great, lots of parties. Little birdies going, oh, please yeah. let me down. Please let me stay Please down. let me down. Please let me down. And also, please kind of, please give me an excuse not to do anything at all. Even, even, and I acknowledge this, uh, this darkness I acknowledge my own, or whatever the quote from Shakespeare is. I, I get it. I completely get it. I don't, I, you know, like 95% of me is like, do not send the children home. I do not want to do any homeschooling. I do not want to be just cooking three meals a day for everybody and get for everyone to be at home. I do not want that. 5% of me is like, yes, but then the children will be here all day and they'll be mine, mine, mine. And no one else can talk to them or touch them and they're mine, all mine. You know, it's like, it's there somewhere. It is there going, but life is so much easier easier and less scary and complicated it would be absolutely fabulous so i wonder i wonder if there is a column in 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 we've all lost our minds over omicron because secretly we all want to go back into we all want it to be worse than it is it's an we absolute nothing thing yeah. but we're desperate to go back to it. exactly and exactly and it's, it's a weird it's a weird thing to for people to sort of want because it was in many ways it was it was catastrophic and terrible in other ways, we were just There's like, no other explanation for why we're, yeah. allowing, we're going back into... Yeah, exactly. Well, I saw... There's this story. Russell, Russell, Russell. It's Christmas in November, screams the Daily Mail on November the 30th. And it's true. I mean, like, well, Ben, you've got your Christmas tree up, haven't you? Ben's got his Christmas tree up. We were talking about that earlier. But look, Christmas trees, they've got them up. And Peter Crouch and Abby Clancy, Joan Collins with stylist Renee Horsch, Amanda Holden doing that. She's got hers and she lives on Instagram, Amanda Holden. Yeah. She's doing the thing in the photo where she's lying in her pyjamas in front of it, looking up and to the left... Even though she can't see the Christmas tree, no. because it's behind her, because that's how you make a photo that's fake looking at Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mylene Class, all the people you'd expect, Britney Spears, all the kind of kind of desperate people, have got their trees up, and it's like, and there's this story behind the trees. These are all people I'm guessing who, with massive Instagram followings, who yeah. need the Christmas tree there for the for the Instagram postings they've been paid to put their tree up. Uh, celebrities dashing to show off their trees. I thought we're a celebrity couple, aren't we? Are we? We're celebrities. My show's currently on BBC Two, doing really well. Fucking or hell. not doing You're well. You're a celebrity. Know, I hope I'm not. You're a celebrity. Get her out of here. Uh, <laughs> and and so we could do our our the celebrity tree story with our tree. We could do a story about the truth. They've got they they've got these Christmas these giant Christmas. The, what's the truth with the Christmas tree? Is that quite boring? Or you look you look really so it's like this is I, I thought I'd better do my Christmas tree. So I da 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 and then it's all about they're too big and you can't get them in the house. Oh, I see what you mean. Oh, I mean, I do, why are they going to show these celebrities trying to get them out? <laughs> when they're taking all the stuff off. Uh, oh my god! And then a pine is and dragging it through the house, and the needles get absolutely, absolutely everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. 
Um, or it is quite funny, the 12 foot Christmas trees you have dragged home as if we lived in Buckingham Palace the last two years. Even though last year I said, you're not going to bring home a 12 foot Christmas tree, are you? And you went, no. And then you brought home a 12 foot Christmas tree because Kitty wanted a big one. And you just would, because she fucking owns you, basically. And what's wrong with presenting a Christmas tree on its side? It was too big to, to stand vertically in the house. You can have a lying down Christmas tree. The top tree. kind of bent over. because it, it does was like, sort of bend. It sort of bent on no, the I had ceiling. No, I literally, with the, with the year before, I had to cut the top off the Christmas tree to fit it in. Mm. And that felt really kind of wrong. Really the, wrong. Removing the crown of the Christmas tree. Yeah. And they're so expensive and stupid. I, so you would be interesting. You could talk through your your decision decision the second year. To get them, I'm going to really try and buy a small one. My father always says, Are you going to be able to do that? Buy a smaller one. Buy a small one. How is small or small? Seven foot, six foot, sort of six foot. I think six foot is the limit for our house. We normally have nine, last year was 12. Yeah. Um, But it's so much better value if you buy a bigger one because the little ones, you pay like, I don't know, 50 quid for a seven footer, you only pay 60 quid for a nine footer. So for those two feet, it's much cheaper than the, although admittedly, the extra bit is usually just a stick. Are you for real? Is that, did, did that, has that value? Actually... Value, RRP. When they say two nine foot trees, you measure them next to each other because some of them are nine foot three. This, and this you, routine but... you're doing is a little bit anti Semitic. Oh, well, I've actually got a more anti Semitic thing to tell you, um, which is my <laughs> father, comma, a Jew, comma, like me, comma, uh, we, when we were growing up in sort of, in what sort of sub Hampshire Garden suburb in the, in the armpit of, of the A41 of Finchley Road, anyway, we had a big wide street and basically everyone was Jewish. Um, and but Christmas came around and everyone had a big tree and not everyone was Jewish. Um, and my dad, my dad always reckoned that you could tell the Jewish houses because they had the biggest tree because we because everyone put it in their window. And you're, no, no, we're not Jewish. Look, we love Christmas. Huge tree. Jews freaking love Christmas. Other people look at me Jews. exactly. Yeah. And then you mock me, comma a Jew, comma for going and buying a twelve foot tree. If we're going to have a tree, if God is going to condemn me, I might as well have a big tree. I was really, really, really pleased when you came home with the massive tree that year because my 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 dad travelled extensively in uh, sort of Eastern Europe and the Middle East when I was growing up. Um, for reasons that are still kind of unclear. But anyway, he wasn't really around very much when I was little. So my mum did stuff like getting the Christmas tree and we were little and we couldn't help, we were useless. So she always got quite modest trees. Mm. And we always used to say, please can we have a big tree, please can we have a big tree. And where I grew up in actual Hampstead Garden suburb rather than mm. sub Hampstead Garden suburb, there was a house that had a really, really big window. It was this massive, great big tall window. And every Christmas they bought literally like a 14 foot tree and put it in the window and decorated it with the lights. And it was amazing. And we would walk past the house on purpose going, oh my God, look at their tree. I've always wanted to have a giant Christmas tree. And so it was a kind of childhood ambition come true when you came home with yeah, this giant well, Christmas tree. But then it presented all sorts of terrible problems it didn't really fit in the house it was crazy we couldn't really you know it sort of blocked out all the light and the cats got lost in it the The children got lost in it and then we acknowledged that the massive tree had not quite worked and yet you went out and bought another one. Well, because we've got all the we've got all the baubles and all the tinsel and all the stuff for the big tree. If you buy a tree half the size, you put it all on, you're not going to see the tree underneath. Mm. We need to get a big tree to get cope with all the stuff. I think there's definitely a column in this. Do you? Yeah, I do. So Terry's chocolate orange mayo is chock-flavoured. It's not the type of combination that would normally be seen as a match made in heaven, but food giants have joined forces to create an unusual festive treat, a mayonnaise version of the classic stocking fillers Terry's chocolate orange. 
Uh, da, 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 Terry's, which has been making the chocolate segment since 1932, has struck up an unlikely partnership with Heinz for the, quote, world's first festive mashup that you didn't know you needed in the form of a chocolate orange mayo. Uh, so oh, there it is. Mayonnaise. It's a chocolate orange flavoured mayonnaise. <laughs> so they're, they're really pleased with this. And it comes, it comes after Heinz last month launched Christmas in a Can, a soup with turkey, Brussels sprouts and pigs in blankets. Okay, so that's what they. So, so, so there's that story, and I and I started to think, well, because you, I mean, mayonnaise, quite. I mean, it's you know, you, you dip your chips in. I don't know, chocolate. So food, Christmas food. There are all these shortages. We've got. Well, they might. And look at look at what we've come to. Look at what we're doing with the food. Look at. Do we deserve? Yeah, right. Food. No. Christmas, yeah, exactly. Know, and there's all this shaking it up. And Christmas turkey. You know, in mm. posh people are going, or they think they're going, or in food circles, Nigella and Hugh Fernley with this all going. Oh, should we have a turkey? Oh, we always have a goose. It's lovely if you barred it with delicious pancetta. We have chocolate orange mayonnaise and Heinz <laughs> Christmas dinner in a can. And you think, well, fucking hell, mate. I really can't help you. Uh, and then Christmas there, food. They're the kind of no. But then there was a story today. There's 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 another one. I cut it out. Did I cut it out? Are you talking about novelty Christmas food no, being no, disgusting? But today, Christmas turkey pie. It's a one oh, yeah. kilogram pie well, it's got made in it by a stuff. baker in the north. Right. It's got turkey. It's got pigs in blankets. Yeah. It's got sausages. It's got roast potatoes. It's got everything in gravy. And he sort of said, right, I had the idea when I was cooking Christmas dinner and we we're doing the pies for the shop. And I thought, save him the trouble. Put it all in a pie. I've used thick pastry. Thick, thick pastry, so it'll last till Christmas. Deliver it on the day, warm it up, Christmas dinner, job done. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, fuck me. I mean, a one mm-hmm. ki- coffin pies used to be a thing in the Middle Ages. Pies, right. you know. But you didn't eat the pastry, right? In those days, you didn't eat the pastry. No, it was just, well, I don't know, I'm eating the pastry on this one. But it's like, wow, so Christmas, so, oh, well, the, the handy trick is to, says, says Nigella, is to brine your turkey for two days before to make it really, really tender. Then roast it in the morning, then just do the skibber. Ah, uh, fucking Christmas pie! I have Christmas <laughs> dinner in a cake! You've been listening to Giles Corrin Has No Idea with me, Giles Corrin. And me, Esther Walker. It's a Wireless Studios production for The Times, produced by Ben Mitchell. You can listen to us on The Times Radio app or download from wherever you get your podcasts. To find out what I wrote about in the end, you can pick up a copy of The Times or get a digital subscription. Just search thetimes.co.uk forward slash Giles Corrin has no idea. And for the full live experience, tune into my show on Times Radio every Friday from 1 till 4. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.